This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. This is the story of Harry's. For decades, one big razor company has relentlessly increased prices and reaped immense profits at the expense of its customers. Then one day, an ordinary guy got ripped off buying razors. He was so fed up that he and his best friend started a company to fix shaving. They called it Harry's. By taking less profit and selling online, Harry's can offer quality blades for less. You can even get Harry's 5-blade razor and shave gel for free when you sign up. Just cover shipping. Click or go to harrys.com and enter code RAZOR at checkout. That's RAZOR. R-A-Z-O-R. Hi there, hockey fans, and welcome to Puckcast with Statsman and AJ, Rotowire's hockey podcast show. I'm Paul Bruno, and you can follow me at Statsman22. I'm joined, as always, by AJ Scholes. That's A-J-S-C-H-O-L-Z, who's an excellent follow for hockey fans everywhere at A.J. Scholes 24. Well, we're coming off a weekend where there were a lot of there was a lot going on in the sports world, A.J., and it wound up being full of ups and downs for me with the Leafs winning two road games and then having to watch the end of the Packers Cowboys game. At least you were happy with that, weren't you, A.J.? Oh, Paul, I was thrilled about that. Uh, I was uh, queuing it up. I, I was thinking about you the, the whole time, raring and ready to go for the show, uh, hopefully uh, coming out on the good end. I was a little worried uh, about the razzing I would have gotten from you, but uh, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers came out on top. But, uh, you know, uh, as we discussed a little bit ahead of time, the, the future is definitely bright in, in Dallas. You know, Zeke and Dak uh, looked phenomenal. Uh, I think they just ran into the the juggernaut that is Aaron Rodgers right now. Um, but up and down weekend for me as well. Uh, it was a rough week for the the Penguins last week. They uh, were on a three game slid. Fortunately, they ended that last night with that uh, eight seven overtime win over Washington. Not a whole lot of goaltending in that matchup. Wasn't that a great game? That was a great tilt. And uh, boy, it was like playing on your on your street the last shot wins or last goal wins was was the way it turned out and uh, uh, just a fabulous bit of entertainment that night but i'm smarting from that cowboys loss i gotta tell you and uh it took me a while to get over it and this may sound like sour grapes but i view it as a uh, i tried to view it evenly you know i was sitting there with a couple other cowboys fans who were apoplectic 
about the way the refereeing <laughs> was going in that game. I don't listen. I, and I'll, I'm also a big, if I can say I'm a big fan of an opposing player, Aaron Rodgers is the guy. To me, he's far outstripped uh, the big mouth predecessor that he had at quarterback there who I really cannot stand. That's Brett Favre. I think he's an ego dressed in uh, that number four jersey that uh, didn't live up to all the, all the hype that he was around him. He managed one Super Bowl in 20 years. This guy, Rodgers, is going to get three, three, I think, before he's done and eclipse a lot of the, the club records in, in Green Bay. I think he's that good and just a flair for the dramatic. That uh, And he's done it in a, in a measured way, too. He's a great, great leader, but he delivers, and he delivers with his feet as much as his arm. To, to get free the way he did in the late stages of that game with the Cowboys' rush coming, I tip my hat to this guy. He was really sensational. and. Uh, you know, it's going to be a tough pill to swallow watching three of the four teams that remain. I hate them all. Uh, so I'm going to be pulling for the Atlanta Falcons in a big, big way the rest of the way. But should be an interesting tilt, a couple of interesting tilts this week. But here, here we are to talk hockey, though, AJ. And uh, I want you to remind our listeners about an important couple of facts. Yeah, as always, uh, you know, remind our listeners that throughout the week, if you have questions about your lineups, uh, fantasy hockey or just hockey in general and we've been getting a lot it's really great we love uh, the fact that everybody out there is listening that everybody's tweeting us their questions we really enjoy it uh, we try and get back to you as quick as possible so definitely keep them coming uh, and uh, you can as Paul mentioned follow me and send those questions to at AJ Scholes 24 you can follow Paul the Statsman at Statsman 22 great thank you very much for that AJ now let's get into the show and we're going to take it a little bit of a turn here since we're in the middle of the season. Uh, we we uh, thank you all for your thoughts. We had some great questions coming in this past week. And in fact, I got the idea for this show and I bounced it off AJ and, and you liked it too. Uh, we, we have uh, done a 30-team sweep throughout much of the season and chose, tried to choose a compelling topic as we're now headed to the second half of the season. I thought it'd be interesting today to try for each of us to pick a player from the forward lines or a uh, deep pairing guy or even a backup goalie who we think could be in line for an upgrade or a more productive second half we'll try the upside this week and maybe the downside next week aj uh, in terms of a, a player that might go the other way but today it's all positive and we're going to try and pick a player from each team so we'll begin with anaheim and i'm going to start out with nick ritchie he's a guy i think who could have a huge second half because he he's a a third year pro and it seems like it takes two or three years for a lot of these players to, to really find their groove in the NHL. And I think uh, Richie's just about on the verge of that. This is a former first-round pick, AJ, who really had a, had a slow start to his career. I thought, here's a guy with a big-body player who has the silkiest hands, and you don't find that combination too much. But here we are looking at that, uh, this fellow who's, who's just got a shot for some top six minutes in the last couple of weeks and starting to produce a little more regularly. He's got five goals in his last... 23 games which doesn't sound like a lot but i'm seeing more playing time come his way and more opportunity in top six minutes yeah i i definitely like that call i uh i like rickard uh rickard rackle here um you know he is playing on the the top line that's that's been a little bit of a, a switch here and there uh night to night but you know he had 43 points last season i think he should be able to top that he's not quite on pace for that right now uh 26 I had some uh, missed games earlier in the year, so I, I, I think he can top that. So that'd be a career high for him. He's got three points, uh, two goals, and an assist in the last three games. So it looks like he's kind of starting to turn it back on. Uh, so yeah, I definitely like what he's doing. I think he can top 20 goals this season, uh, which it would be another career high for him as well. 
Yeah, and in uh, Arizona, they've got a youth movement going on there and a rebuild that's probably going to take a little while. They've had a couple of stumbling blocks uh, in the way there, uh, most recently with some goaltending issues and, and just the defense is not holding up. So uh, it's kind of obscuring some of the numbers that that could have been happening there. But one of the young guys that I'm keeping an eye on is Christian Vorak, Dvorak. He's on a six-game pointless streak right now, but he's a young center who is also a former first-round pick, and he came out of the London Knights uh, scoring factory, I'll call it. There, there's a number of prospects in the league now the last few years that have come from that great program that the Hunter brothers work out there, one of the most prolific franchises, even one of the biggest money-making franchises. That has me thinking of investing in junior hockey, to be quite honest with you, AJ. I'll tell you that. Uh, there's money to be made there if you've got a good program. They do in London, and, and Dvorak's one of the better graduates to come out most recently. I think the guy's got a hell of an offensive ceiling. That's why I'm, I'm excited about the possibility of seeing this guy get top six minutes in a situation where the, the Coyotes really aren't going anywhere this year, so they can play the heck out of this guy, and I think they're going to find that he's a, he's a good quality scorer who didn't just do it in the minors with mirrors. He's legit to forward, and I'd like, I like the situation because I think he's going to get more playing time in the second half. Yeah, I agree there as well. Um, I, I also like Alex Burmistroff. I think he... Uh, and he's going to end up competing for with Dvorak for some of those minutes, uh, you know, down the middle of their lineup. Um, but they claimed him off of waivers from the Jets. He just wasn't getting playtime there. And so they waived him. I, I don't think it's because they didn't uh, like what he had to offer. They're just pretty deep uh, at the center position in Winnipeg. Uh, they have some players coming up that they really like. They have some players behind Burmistroff or ahead of Burmistroff that were limiting his minutes. So I think he can do a lot better than he's shown. Uh, he's only got three assists uh, through the start of the year. But as I mentioned, you know, a lot of that has come uh, as being uh, an infrequently used player. So if he can get some more ice time in Arizona, I, I expect a significant uptick from him. He was the eighth overall pick in 2010. So he definitely has shown um, enough talent to, to earn that. And I think he can really uh, maybe find his place in uh in the desert and you know what i'm, I'm going to say this i i said it before the show when we were off the air i got to remind our listeners i had i had the opportunity to do my list before aj and it was tough enough for me to find a quality player but i, I look at the names that you came up with and a lot of them were my second picks in terms of what i see so uh, the, the listeners should really tune in for the whole thing and really take note of the players we come up with because i think there's really good opportunities for looking at players with upside here i'll continue with boston and i'll look at uh, the looming shadow around sedano char has always been a big one aj and and he's always the elevated the play of his partner so i i look there and i see brandon carlos had that lucky assignment all year long but he's another big body player he might be sedano char light in fact and and uh, he's, his scoring totals are modest, but his skills are all there. And I think at some point he's going to really uh, grab the torch that Chara passes and be a linchpin on this defense for years to come. It's a it's a surprise uh, guy that that's performed better than we expected at the beginning of the year. But he's so been one of the few consistent sources of. Uh, of talent that that I've seen out of the Boston situation, which which has stumbled more than we thought they might, but but Carlo ha- looks to me to, like he has a bright future ahead in Boston as a, a big imposing player who's got some offensive skills. Yeah, I went forward with my guy. I went uh, Riley Nash. Uh, he's only got eight points so far this year, but I think he's fully capable of getting a fourth uh, season above the 20 point mark. He, he got three in a row in his last three years with Carolina. 
uh, moved over to Boston this year. As I mentioned, has struggled a little bit, but I think he can get there. Uh, he was a standout at Cornell University, had uh, a, more than 30 points in each of his four years there. So uh, definitely has the scoring pedigree. He's certainly not going to put up you know, astronomical numbers, but he can be a solid kind of mid-range guy for you. Uh, and I expect him to see an uptick heading into the second half of the season. Well, and talk about upticks. We look at it, the Buffalo Sabres next, and I look at Evander Kane's got only 11 goals and, 30, and five point assists in uh, 32 games so far this year. Much more was expected of him, but he's been uh, plagued by some off-ice issues, some injuries. I think he's finally starting to get some health going his way, and, and I think that's a big reason why I look for him to have a huge second half. They've expected big things from, from this power winger. He, he, to me, had the profile of one of the top up-and-coming power forwards in the NHL a couple of years ago, even before he came to Buffalo. And I thought when he landed with the Sabres during their rebuild, I thought he was going to be in a great situation here. It hasn't yet materialized on the ice, but I think in the second half of the season, he's got a situation, if he stays healthy, he's going to play with one of Eichel or O'Reilly all the time, get some power play minutes. He's going to far eclipse that that 16-point total that we've seen in the first half of the season. I'm going to go back to the, the Cornell well actually here. I'm going to go with Matt Molson on Buffalo. Uh, playing fourth line minutes he's got uh, just 18 points this season he did uh, have 69 points one year with the Isles so has definitely shown uh, the talent there to to do that I don't uh, I don't think he'll quite get to 40 this season but I think he can definitely push for it and that's a mark that he's kind of consistently hit in the past uh, when his play time has been uh, or his number of games hasn't been hampered by injuries Uh, so he, he is on the fourth line right now but I think he can maybe be kind of a sleeper play uh, to get you 30, uh, you know, 35 by the end of the year. I love that call. I think it's a strong one. Uh, over in uh, Calgary, speaking of strong ones, you know that Brian Burke likes them big and tough. And if they have an offensive touch, that's a good thing. And, and Troy Brower is a guy that fits that mold. He's also been a guy who's been in line for for. Uh, power play time in the pat in a couple of past stops he's starting to get a look there in calgary as well he's got 17 points in his first half season this is a guy who can get to the 20 goal mark so i was i expect him to to be do, doing that this year in calgary they've got 30 he's got 38 games played he's missed about eight games this season but he's back in in the loop and uh, it shows here he's got eight power play points already this season out of his 17 so that backs up what i'm saying i expect that trend to continue and and maybe ramp up a little bit more with this experienced power forward and calgary's run toward a playoff spot i'm going to stick with uh, the college theme and go with alec chase uh coming out of boston university he had a really great uh 20 uh 13 14 season with 13 goals and 22 assists has kind of struggled since moving uh, north of the border up into Canada with with both Ottawa and Calgary. Uh, He's got 14 points this year, which is uh, tied with his pace from last season. So obviously he's going to exceed that. Um, I think he should be better, uh, and I think he can be better. I think it'll be a matter of who he kind of gets paired up with that that will kind of limit him in Calgary. uh, Some of the options aren't great there, in my opinion. But as long as he can maybe get some time uh, in a top six role, I, I think he can absolutely have a better second half. And a guy in Carolina that I think can have a big second half too is a towering defenseman, Noah Hannafin. A couple of years ago, uh, AJ, he was the top defenseman selected in that draft. We've talked a lot about uh, Warensky in Philadelphia. This guy is is maybe the pre- predecessor that maybe is most comparable, I think, when you look at the fact that he was the highest regarded 
defenseman this year, and, and Philadelphia, Philadelphia snagged him. But Carolina's a team that doesn't have a lot of offensive uh, juice, I guess I'll say. But uh, when they get... Uh, a little bit further down the line in terms of the development of some of their, their young players, this is going to be a central figure to the, everything that they do, uh, Hannafin is. He uh, started off last year with a 22-point season. He's halfway through this year with 15 points, and I think I expect more from him. I, I, I think he's very capable of delivering more in the scoring sense. He's also slices plus-minus in half from a minus 14 to a minus 7, so the sophomore jinx really hasn't played this this uh, fine young defenseman, and he gets, he gets overlooked because he's in about a bit of a hockey backwater, if I could say that without trying to be insulting about to any hurricanes listeners but but uh he's in a very good situation there i think he's going to be a top four maybe a top pairing guy there for about the next 10 years if they look after him financially and and i think he'll be rewarding them with some really good offensive totals all through that period and particularly through the second half of this season when this team tries hard to stay in the playoff race they're they're hanging in a lot longer than i thought and the steady play of hannafin on defense is one of the reasons why yeah, speaking of players that they expected a little bit more out of, uh, I, I do like Tivu Teravainen to have a better second half. Um, he's he's having a decent year, 23 points. Uh, that's 10 goals, 13 assists. Uh, but when they brought him in, uh, he was kind of their, uh, their gift for taking on the Brian Bickle contract uh, via trade. So I think they were expecting a little bit more. I thought, uh, you know, 35 points last year, I think they and I, thought he'd be well above that uh, right now that doesn't seem to be the case but i i think he should be the leading scorer on their team in the future uh, i think he can get there even this season uh, so i am expecting definitely a solid second half from him all right and in chicago i think i look at your pick and it's the same i think you're going to say much the same as i'm about to say I'm, i picked Vinny Hinostroza. this guy uh, they seem to find guys that they can plug into third line roles and and they elevate them during the course of the season in terms of just being with the rising tide that is the Chicago Blackhawks roster they fi- they find a way to to develop players even though they've been at the top of the standings and the low part of the draft Hinostroza fits that bill and he's getting a, a lot of opportunities most recently he's got only 10 points in the first half season but he's getting sp- some special teams time now and I'm seeing his minutes rise to close to about 15 minutes per game you do that with the quality guys that they can put out there on the wings you're going to get more points and I think there's he's got a shot to get a lot more points I, I see him as a guy who they might target to fill uh, the departed Andrew Shaw's role eventually. Yeah, you're dead on with kind of, uh, you could change the name and have the same analysis for, right. for my guy, Tanner Caro. Uh, he's definitely benefiting from Marcus Kruger being out. Uh, just has two points so far this year, uh, but you know he's only played in 11 games thus far. So as he gets more games under his belt, adjusts a little bit more, I think he can, uh, you know, really be a, a top top player. He uh, 39 points in 60 games with with AHL Rockford last season. So it's just going to take him a little bit of time to adjust. And I think he's starting to get there and, and expect him to really uh, excel in the second half. And uh, I know I'm probably stealing the guy that you probably thought of when we looked at the Colorado situation. I got him first. I look at the goaltending here, and I see Calvin Pickard, who has actually played in 21 games this season. He's actually, uh, also outperformed Semyon Varlamov, who has been their presumptive number one guy there for a couple of seasons. He's got the big contract there, too. But I think they would be wise to see what they really have in Pickard because of the upcoming draft where they can protect one goalie. 
Varlamov has the big, biggest contract of the two by far, and I think that uh, Colorado should use the second half of the season to really see what they have in Pickard by giving him a much heavier workload to see if he can handle it and be the guy that they can point to and maybe save some money there in, in the goaltending situation. So there's an opportunity for Pickard to play more games, and I know goaltending's been a bigger part of more, more and more drafts in recent years in the season-long variety, but also in the daily game. He might be a guy that you can use as a contrarian pick on some nights where they have a reasonable matchup. There's going to be lots of nights where they're overmatched and you stay away. But when they have a reasonable, ma- reasonable matchup, this guy might save you some money in the daily game too. Yeah, that's a fantastic tip for our, for our daily players out there. And, and you're right, Paul. I do really like Calvin Picard. Uh, definitely want to see more of him. Uh, but on the forward side, I, th- I think Gabriel Landeskog is a player that uh, I, everybody is probably wanting more out of. Uh, I think... You know, in some of our season-long leagues, you might be able to find him if guys bailed on him, uh, which I think is a little bit too early. Uh, so if you do have him, I wouldn't bail yet. If if somebody else did snatch him up, you know, this is a guy that's had 65, 59, and 53 points the last three years. Yes, he has just 14 this season. I do have some concerns about his minus 10 rating as well, but I think that's more indicative of the team around him than his actual play. Uh, so I don't honestly think he could play much worse heading into the second half of the season. Uh, so I would expect him to, uh, maybe even double, uh, that 14 on this, on the back half. So maybe somewhere around 28 or 30 on the back half alone. Well, I'm going to use the line again. The rising tide raises all boats, and in Columbus, all all their, all hands are playing very, very well there uh, to lead them to that stunning performance that we've seen out of this team. One of the guys I expect big things from is a guy that they drafted high a couple of years ago, too. That's Willie Carlson, who started out fourth liner. Now he's up to third line minutes. He's got not a lot in terms of point totals, but I like the fact that he's a plus player, and he's on a plus playing line. That's not not a usual thing for a third line compliment so that just talks to you about the depth of this organization uh, currently and and right now i look at carlson also factoring in on the power play so just based on the opportunity that he's getting most recently i think he has an ample opportunity to far outstrip the modest point totals that he's put up to date and really reach some of the potential that has been expected of him yeah i went uh, a defense as uh, to highlight a player here um, you know, Jack Johnson on, on the upside for him, he's got the first plus rating of his career right now. Uh, as you mentioned, you know, uh, the rising tide lifts all ships, I think is what he said. Yeah. Um, and he's, one, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it definitely is. Uh, his, his plus minus here is definitely indicative of that. Um, you know, he's got one other season early in his career where he was on the positive side of that. Um, but you know, last season he was a minus 16 right now. He's a plus 19. Uh, so definitely doing well there. He does have just two goals and 10 assists, uh, and his power play minutes aren't there like they have been in past seasons, but I still think he can outpace, uh, you know, what he's doing this year, have a stronger second half and really reach for that, you know, 35 kind of 40 point mark, uh, by the end of the year. Yeah. I know in Dallas, you, you've been down on the goaltending, but they've also had a slew of injuries this year, AJ. One of those guys is Yuri Hoodler, the, a guy that they brought out of free agency to really, uh, assist in the, the depth of their offense and maybe be a special team star as he has been in, in previous stops, particularly in his time in Calgary. But now we see that he's finally healthy again in Dallas. He's got 20, 20 games under his belt in the first half season. That's half of the schedule, basically, that he's been on the sidelines. And, of course, that's 
minutes, limited his point total to only six. He's a plus player playing about 12 minutes a game. Much more was expected of him. And I think now that he's healthy and the team's getting healthier, he's getting more of an opportunity most recently and I think that that should continue through much of the second half because they they want to see the the product productivity that this guy's shown in the past want to give him a chance to show it I think he's going to get that chance and I think he's going to deliver way more than six points at 20 games this was an easy one with an upside for me yeah same for me as well and another injured guy that uh, missed some time Cody Eakin has two assists Uh, I'll say that again two assists Uh, (laughs) that's pretty low for a guy that you know has been uh, even his rookie campaign, when he played just 30 games, he got eight points. So, I mean, the last couple of years, 24, 35, 40, and another 35 in there. So definitely capable of doing a lot better. And there's honestly no way he could be worse, uh, than, you know, two points in, in 23 games. So I expect him to start kind of clicking as well. It looks like right now he's actually going to center the line with Yuri Hoodler. Uh, so I think the two guys together, can really uh, pull themselves uh, into a better half of the season. Over in Detroit, I know that some of our f- buddies in Rotowire are going to be anxious to see who we come up with here. I'm going to say Gustav Nyquist. Now, he's a guy who's bounced around uh, the depth of this roster. I'm surprised because I think this guy has got first line r- written all over him. He has a couple of 20-plus goal seasons in his career already, but this year he slumped to only six goals and 17 assists. He's played every game the Red Wings have been in. Uh, he's got 44 appearances so far this year, a minus six. The numbers are terrible across the board, given what this guy is capable of, and I think he has to find a way to wake up to, to help extend their playoff streak, which is really, really in doubt right? as we look at the standings today, AJ. But he's a guy who, who will certainly be leaned on the rest of the way, and uh, assuming he continues to stay healthy, I can't see him scoring only six goals in the second half. There's just no way. Yeah, if there's anybody that's going to try and keep Detroit from missing out on the playoffs, it's going to be homegrown talent Dylan Larkin. He's a Michigan native, went to University of Michigan, and now plays for the Red Wings. So there's no way he wants to let that happen on his watch. Uh, He's been hard hit by the sophomore slump. You know, he's got just 16 points so far this year. He had 45 last season. He's a minus 17 this year, whereas he was a plus 11 last year. And then one other kind of big difference is he had five game winning goals last season to just one so far this year. So he's definitely, uh, you know, not reaching kind of those rookie numbers, but he's definitely a talented player who can do it and is one that I definitely expect a big second half as he tries to do everything that he can to keep the Red Wings a playoff streak going. Well, and over in Edmonton, this is a team that looks like they might finally make the playoffs, which is something we haven't seen in a long time there. I picked Drake Kajula. You, you know they got a lot of name recognition among the, some of their young talent. This is a guy who doesn't fit that profile, and yet he's been getting 15 to 16 minutes of playing time in the last few games, and I think that he's got a chance to continue that because they have a winning formula there. So given that opportunity and that time that he's playing, he's even collected a few power play points as well on his ledger, and I think he has a great opportunity to continue that route with a team that's starting to turn the corner over there in Edmonton. I uh, I actually really like Jordan Eberle here. Uh, you know, he's not having a bad year by any means. He's got eight goals and 11 assists, uh, but he's a first round pick. And he had, you know, 60 plus points uh, two years in a row in, in 2013 and 14 and 2014 and 15 and even had a 76 uh, point season once. So, you know, just being at 27 is, is definitely down for him. Uh, I don't think he'll get up to 60, uh, but I do expect him to, at the very least, uh, push for 50. 
uh, and certainly, you know, top, you know, top 40 by the end of the year. So another guy I think can, can really start to break out a little bit as the rest of this Edmonton team gels, you know, as you kind of mentioned, they're, they're still a young squad. Um, they're making a playoff push and they're kind of learning on the fly, uh, how that, how that goes there. So I, I think he'll start clicking a little bit more as, as the season continues. Well, and I'm hoping the same thing for the next guy. I talk many times about a third-year player who finally gets it and takes off. Well, Aaron Eckblad is the opposite story, AJ. He, he was a top pick in his rookie year, 39 points, a plus 12. He followed it up with a 36-point plus 18 second year. And here we are halfway through year number three, 12 points, a minus 16. Terrible numbers for a guy who's supposed to be the linchpin on this team and maybe symptomatic of what's gone on in Florida in the first half season. I just, just think there's too much talent here. If, my strong advice to listeners is is don't sell low on this guy. He's a guy that's going to be around for a long, long time in the NHL. Hold on to him. He He's a guy that may, who may not turn it around completely this year. And if you're in uh, only season long that doesn't allow retention of players, maybe you do find a way to, tr- to deal him. And uh, somebody will look, uh, based on what we're saying here today and just on his pedigree, look for a better second half. I don't think he can do worse than a minus 16 and 12 points in 45 games played to date. So I think there's a lot of upside remaining in, in a guy like an Aaron Blackblad and far too much potential for him to stay wallowing where he is right now. Another guy really hard hit by that uh, that Florida slump has been UC Jokinen. Uh, had 60 points last year, a, a plus 25 He's got almost the same stat line as Ekblad. He's got just 11 points and is a minus 10. Uh, so definitely struggling along with the rest of the team. Just four goals. You know, he is still averaging almost 18 minutes a night. So he definitely should be scoring more. Uh, and, and I think he's certainly capable of. I expect Florida to, to not necessarily, uh, they may not make the playoffs, but I think they'll do better than what they have been. And I expect a little bit more offense from them. Uh, to start clicking and and both both the guys that we highlighted i think can have uh, much stronger second halves yeah and in los angeles i mean i don't have a gun pointed in my head here aj when i make this pick my wife's maiden name is muzzin and she is related distantly to jake muzzin on that defense but i look at his stats line he's got six points in seven games in the month of january that's only two less than what he did for the first three months of the season. That speaks to me immediately that uh, that he's starting to find his offensive game. Uh, the plus minus is still not where he'd like it to be, though he's a minus player on the year. I think all those numbers have a chance to turn around because what we've known from Los Angeles over the last four or five years is this is a second half team that really gears it up for the postseason. They just have a bit of a mountain to climb because there's a few other teams in that Western Conference that were unexpectedly uh, have unexpectedly found themselves in the playoff race. So it'll be incumbent on, on a guy like Muzzin to continue that recent rise, to help L.A. threaten for another playoff, playoff run. They're going to get healthier with the goaltending situation. That'll stabilize the back end a little bit more. And maybe uh, a guy like a Muzzin can turn some of his attention. Instead of being extra worried about the defensive side, he'll be a little more free to play on the offensive side of the puck. We've seen 30 to 40 points out of this guy before. And I think we got a chance to see it again in the second half of this season. Another defenseman that I think uh, can really start doing well is actually Braden McNabb. Uh, he hasn't scored since returning from injury, uh, so he's definitely you know trying to work his way back in. Uh, but you know he's reached his goal total from the last two years, which is just two. So if you're looking for a goal-scoring defenseman, this isn't it. Um, but his assists are still at zero. He hasn't gotten one yet this year. 
Uh, he had 12 last season, 22 the year before that. So I think he can offer some uh, some assist help uh, once he gets going. Maybe a guy I wouldn't necessarily target him right away. Let him you know start get uh, his feet under him, and then maybe sneak in and swoop him at the right time before he starts uh, you know potting over assists uh, periodically in the future. Here, you know what McNabb is an interesting player for me too because he's got that big shot. I think they they put him in on the power play uh, the odd time, and and you got to see uh, whether he fits in that unit, uh, maybe the second unit there on a regular basis. That would really. Uh, see a spike in his totals I'm, I'm sure offensively as well a guy who we're used to seeing spikes offensively in his totals is Zach Parise over in in Minnesota this is a guy who really hasn't had the year that the rest of his team has had I'll say he's got uh, 20 points in 33 games of course that that total implies that he's missed a few tilts maybe not been healthy even for some of the ones that he showed up to but this is a guy who's capable of being a pointed per game player he's got only eight goals in the first half season he should be a guy that you can pencil in for 30 goals and 70 points in a season and i expect as long as minnesota is one of the top teams in the league and he's healthy he's going to start to approach those totals in a big second half so there's a guy with a with a pedigree that should have more scoring under his belt and i think by the time the season's over he will how dangerous does this Minnesota team get if Zach Parisi, your guy, starts scoring a little more, and my guy, Jason Pominville, could potentially start exactly. scoring more as well. Uh, he's a former 80-point uh, guy. He has been dropping uh, all the, the last three years. He had 63 years ago, 54, and then 36 just last year, and, and now he's down to just 18. So he's definitely dropping off in the production, but I expect that he, uh, you know, as the team continues to roll, uh, this is a guy that can get more time on the ice and, and kind of earn his way back in to some of those higher numbers. I definitely think he can hit 40 and maybe even push for 50 uh, as long as the rest of the team keeps clicking. And so, uh, yeah, that's why I highlighted Jason Pominville. But, yeah, this becomes a very dangerous team if we're talking about two guys that aren't scoring the way they should be and given how well this team is already doing yeah and you expect that veterans who know the drill of a long playoff season they save their best for last so there's every reason to suspect that both of those guys will will uh, contribute to what's been a very very good season in minnesota and and lead this team into a hopefully for them a long playoff run and uh, another team that's poised for a long playoff run i think is montreal they certainly seem to be the class of the atlantic division and that takes a lot for me to say aj i gotta admit uh, we look at the Hab situation in the month of December. They were besieged by injury at forward. One of the guys who was healthy was Thomas Placanitz, and they really leaned on him, and he delivered. He had nine points in, and a plus nine in 14 games after only seven points in his first 23 tilts. He's continued, but a little bit slower uh, offensively overall in the, la- in the early days of January with four points in eight games. Three of them have been goals, though, and I think with the stability that he brings to the roster and the fact they're getting healthier, those numbers will also continue to rise. He's a guy should, who should threaten the 20 point 20 goal and maybe 45 points uh, on the season totals which would be a uh, increase over the rate that we have uh, seen him to date yeah my pick here in montreal is arturi lekkinen uh he's performed significantly better in the in the swedish league uh but this is a guy you have to remember is just in his first not only nhl season but his first uh, north american hockey season hasn't ever played either in juniors uh, or the the AHL at all so just came right from the Swedish league in, into the NHL so he's definitely going to take some time to adjust and you see that in his you know if you take a look at his past games he'll go on a run 
you know, he's currently on a, a three-game point in the streak, but just prior to that, he had five points uh, in three games as well. So he's definitely a streaky player right now. I think once he continues to settle in, gets more comfortable with the speed and style of play uh, that we have here in, in North America, I expect him to, to really outpace his, his 10 goal, uh, four assist first half. And over in in uh, Nashville, I picked uh, Matthias Ekholm. Now, they've had a ton of injuries uh, on this team on the back end. Two, the two big guys, Yossi and Subban, have been out for extended periods of time. But what it's afforded them to see is just how much of a talent Ekholm has been. Uh, in the wings, you can say. He was a third-pairing guy last year. He's been forced into a first-pairing role this year, and he's done it almost seamlessly, filling in with some, some point production out of this, out of that slot and, and really making the most of an opportunity he's been given most recently. I think that opportunity is going to elevate him over the rest of the season even more when these experienced hands come back and he gets to play from some prime time minutes with the likes of the defensemen who are on the shelf right now. He's got 16 points in 43 games. I think he's a sh- uh, got a shot at a 40-point season if he stays healthy and uh, meshes well with the other guys once, once they return. I had a hard time actually picking somebody from Nashville. Um, as I think I've mentioned in the past, their, their AHL affiliate is, is our kind of uh, Wisconsin team here, the Milwaukee Admirals. So I've seen a handful of these guys. Uh, I, you know, I really like uh, Kevin Fiala, uh, uh, Victor Arbison, uh, but the guy I wanted to highlight is, is Colton Sissons. Uh, in 2014-15, he put up 25 goals and 17 helpers uh, with the Milwaukee Admirals, and he struggled to really kind of transition uh, uh, into an NHL game, quite you know, into his game, in, into an NHL caliber game, and I think he can do it. Uh, you know, he's got just six points this year, uh, which matches his total from last year. He's starting to get more game time. You know, his uh, minutes per game is is up compared to last season. Uh, So as long as he can continue to be on the ice, I think it's only going to help him more. And I think he can only uh, get better from here. AJ, in the past, we've spoken about the New Jersey Devils very briefly when it turned when we talk about some of the offensive upside of some players here it's a team that i've put a big x through we've talked about the big x i think i'm ready to take away half of it uh, when i look at the way the team has transitioned this season and one of the guys who i expected to be part of the that uh, turnaround is a guy who really hasn't delivered today and that's pavel zaka he was a guy who was drafted high a couple of years ago really hasn't found his groove there yet and uh, part of that's been uh, an inability to stay healthy but now that he is I think he has a good chance to do some damage, and I've seen him play enough to know that he has a lot of tricks in his his bag, his arsenal offensively, and and he should be a a top six guy here, and I think he gets a chance to be that in the second half of the season. I look for him to have a big second half and show people what I'm talking about. This guy should be a scorer in this league. Yeah, my guy here is uh, former Penguin Bo Bennett. Uh, was really held back uh, while with the Penguins due to injuries. He was a first-round pick, taken 20th overall uh, out of the University of Denver, and is is well thought of. You know, he's got a, a great uh, talent, but the the health has really been what's held him back. You saw Ray Shiro got the new job in in da- uh, in New Jersey there with the Devils, and so he brought him over. He knows what he can offer if he can stay on the ice. Uh, he's already played more games this season than he did last year so it appears that he's finally starting to get you know healthy and i think he definitely has the talent you know to exceed his uh, his kind of rookie numbers uh which were 14 points he's already got nine 
uh, I expect him to, to really push for, for a solid second half now that he's kind of adjusted to a new home and appears to be staying healthy. And another guy that fits that mold is another recent pick over on the island. Uh, this is another team where we can keep the big X there for a little while, AJ. But one of the guys who's going to help to change that is Anthony Beauvillier. Most recently, he's finally started to crack the top six offensively on that roster. He's got four points in his last 11 games. He only had seven in his first 18. So I think there is some offensive upside there, and he gets to show his skills in a top six role. He's going to deliver the goods uh, more often than not and be a reason why the Islanders may have some hope among some of their forwards. They got him, they got Anders Lee, of course they got John Tavares. And Andrew Ladd, the enigmatic one who has to turn it around as well. Maybe that's another guy who, parenthetically, I would say, has a shot at uh, being better than he was in the first half. I'm going to go with one of my two uh, goalies that, I, that I'm going to highlight today uh, in Thomas Grice. Now, I know he's the starter and we we're looking more for kind of backup guys, but he is just now taking over that starting role um, after they sent Halak down to the minors. So he's really kind of just getting his chance to do that uh, and I think he can have better numbers. He's got 11 wins, seven losses. Uh, his goal against average is a little high at 2.41. Um, but given the fact that he was a, f- a former backup and that he's now transitioning into you know the number one role uh, pretty much full time, he might still be ling- lingering out there on some waiver wire. So if you have a goalie injury situation or just bad you know goaltenders you've kind of been stuck with, uh, he might be available. And again, uh, somebody I definitely think could be a daily play periodically based on, you know, his matchup. Certainly, I wouldn't uh, take him against, you know, Washington, Columbus, some of those teams. But, you know, if he's playing against Colorado, Arizona, those are definite uh, situations where you could get him at kind of a cheaper cost. Um, so I, I think he can definitely have a solid second half as the you know confirmed uh, number one goaltender there well and if i can borrow from some of the words you just said you want to be looking around if you don't have some of these guys on your roster you should find a way to get them and one of the guys that i'm targeting in that regard is rick nash of the rangers this is a team that's going to go on a long playoff run they are a really solid team and they've done it without this guy being healthy much of the season so i'm looking at what he's done in the most recent games four goals in his last eight tilts he's now starting to find that offensive groove and getting his legs back underneath him being injured for much uh, for off and on for a lot of the first half with that groin lingering groin issue so if he gets untracked this is a guy who has several 40 year 40 goal seasons under his belt if there's any teams in your league that are that are owning this guy it's worth a phone call to see if uh, if they they might be willing to part with him because i think he's a guy even though he, we're used to seeing him in a first line role he hasn't really been much of a first liner all season long and he will resume that role now that he's healthy well i kind of cheated on this one paul i'll, I'll admit that I, I went with mika zabinajad who's been injured uh for several weeks uh, uh since breaking his leg uh and he's gonna be back tonight uh, and healthy and ready to go he had 15 points in 19 games before getting hurt and I expect him to hit the ground running uh, against Dallas tonight. I, I'm not really expecting uh, any sort of rust or hiccups that he has to shake off. He's a talented player that's that's shown he can do it in the past. Uh, had two great seasons uh, in Ottawa before coming over to the Rangers. So this is a, a player that's been out for a while. Uh, maybe some guys dumped him uh, and you could snatch him up before tonight's game. 
so I definitely admit to cheating a little bit here. A talented player that's just coming back from injury, uh, which makes it easy for him to have a better second half. Well, and in line with my recent pick of, of uh, Rick Nash, I'm also looking at another guy in Ottawa who f- maybe fits a similar profile, though he's been healthier. He's just underperformed, and that's Bobby Ryan, another guy who has 30-plus goal seasons on his resume. He really hasn't been a, a big part of what Ottawa's been able to do, and that's stay in the in the playoff hunt all season long but he's far too good a scorer to stay at a level where where he only has eight goals and 16 points in 35 games so uh, this is a a case where a guy is really underperforming his career norms and i think uh, an experienced hand said it before in this show he should be a guy who finds his groove a little more offensively he's still a big part of their power play plans and not lost his job there so i think he, he finds a way to to ramp up the scoring and maybe approach that 45 to 50 point range that he's lived around for each of the last three seasons i went with jean gabriel peugeot uh you know he's got 19 goals last year just four this year he's currently on a 14 game drought i just don't think that that uh you know dry spell is going to last forever i expect him to to start to get it clicking and, and maybe he needs kind of a uh, a silly kind of puck luck dirty goal uh, you know, bangs off of him and goes in something to kind of turn the tide for him. Uh, but I think once he gets that one, I think the floodgates will open up and I expect him to get up over 20 this year for, for, uh, a season end total and goals 19 last year. So again, that'd be a career high for him, but I definitely think he can get there. And in Philadelphia, we're not used to seeing this team struggle for scoring. So it's a bit of a surprise to me that Sean Couturier, a guy who they had pegged to be one of their their linchpins offensively when they drafted him he's taken a while to really get there and I thought he arrived uh, a while back last year in fact but he's taken a bit of a step backward and now he's he's got a point total of 12 in 30 games played injuries a big part of that uh, lack of production as well another guy who should be swept up just by the quality of players that he should be around hanging around and I think in right in line with the guy that you're about to talk to two guys that have really underperformed here and and are a big reason why this team is not among the contenders uh, at the moment speaking of droughts uh paul is is shane gustus bear as you as you alluded to you know the ghost has zero goals eight helpers in his last 22 games and is also minus 12 over that stretch and in total on the year he's a minus 17 uh definitely a guy being hard hit by the sophomore slump uh but i definitely think he's capable of turning it around uh, he's going to need some help from his team. The one upside with him of his uh, 19 points this year, 12 have come on the power play. So you're really only looking at trying to figure out how to get him scoring at even strength. He seems to have it figured out with the man advantage. Uh, so it's just about you know tweaking what he's doing, uh, maybe firing off more shots, maybe trying to you know handle the puck a little more, bit more to get into better shooting lanes. Um, but I think he can start taking advantage of some of his opportunities. Well, and a guy who has taken advantage of his, what a great segue that is. Holy cow. Uh, it's Trevor Daly over in Pittsburgh. I swear I made this pick before that game last night. He picked up three helpers in that wild affair against Washington. And as a guy that has played over 24 minutes each of the last two nights out and over 20 minutes in each of the last 
several games. So he's getting a lot more ice time. This is a guy who has had good offensive totals in the past, in previous stops in 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 uh, Minis- in Dallas, I'll say, and uh, a guy who I expect to be a productive force for, uh, from the defense, even when Latang comes back. I think that be make a great partnership on the power play unit, despite the fact Penguins usually use one forward back there, but maybe he finds a way to anchor the second unit even when Latang does return. He's that good and, and that steady back there. He's a plus player too, which is nice to see uh, that he can play both ends of the rink. An experienced guy who was kind of cheated out of a playoff run last year, and I hope he gets a chance to be a part of a long one this year for Pittsburgh because he's one of the few players that, uh, that doesn't wear a Leaf sweater that I'm a big fan of in the NHL. Well, if you want a long playoff run, Paul, you won't get any argument from me. I'd be happy to see it happen. Uh, one guy who didn't uh, take advantage of, of all the goals last night uh, and didn't secure any points is actually Carl Hagelin. Uh The HBK line that was so uh, hot during the postseason has really uh, struggled this year. You've seen Hagelin kind of move all over the, the lineup. And I, th- I think it's a matter of just uh, struggling to figure out how best to utilize his speed what type of player they're asking him to be you know they've got other speed guys so maybe they're asking him to be a little bit more of a a gritty um, player so it's really about trying to fit in best where he can Uh, he's got zero goals in his last six games just three helpers in that stretch Uh, and he just hasn't been quite as explosive but does have three straight 30 plus point seasons Uh, it's not looking great for a fourth but I, I think he can get there I expect him to, to start clicking in the second half. He's a veteran player. He knows what it takes uh, to be on playoff caliber teams. He, he always has been and looks like he will be again this year. So I, I think he'll shake it off whatever kind of yips he's having right now and get back on track. And uh, when we look at San Jose, we think of uh, basically the top five players on this team that, that make up their first power play unit. I thought that they would get really strong support when they added Michael Bodker before this season. He's become a bit of a mercenary in the NHL, signing these one-year deals the last couple of seasons. He has two 50-point seasons on the, on the resume over the last four years. This year, he's struggling with 13 points in 43 games, way under what was expected of him. And even with a guy, a guy like Thomas Hurdle out of the lineup, he sh- he's getting the opportunities. The puck's just not going in for him. I'm suggesting to our listeners that he's, he's underperformed, and it's just a bit of an anomaly here. He's a very good offensive talent. And again, a guy that I would seek out if, if there was half an opportunity to get him cheap, to add him to your mix, because San Jose is a team that relies on, it will need to rely on more than just that top five-man unit that I alluded to before. And, and I expect this guy to be a big part of that. Well, one guy who hasn't been a mercenary and has been with the Sharks uh, consistently for years is Mark Edward Vlasic. Uh, you know, he's never going to beat Brent Burns as far as scoring totals go from the blue line. Um, but I definitely think he can add more than what he's got this year with his three goals and nine assists. You know, he had 39 points last year. Uh, he's not probably going to reach 10 goals. He hasn't at any point in his career, uh, but definitely can be an assist machine and uh, and help out in that, that avenue. I think the biggest uh, setback for him right now is he's not producing quite at the right level on the um, power play and once I think he gets that figured out it'll all start clicking for him and a guy that I like in St. Louis is Yuri Laterra this guy is a really solid puck distributor and it shocked me when I looked at the roster to see that he only has 13 points in the first half season when he's got a chance now to play with the likes of Tarasenko on one wing and uh, of, of 
revolving door of other people on the left side, but his partnership with Tarasenko has been positive in the past. Now that they're reunited again, I think that it ignites him, and he approaches the 35 to 45-point range that we're used to seeing him in. The other alarming thing, he's been a minus player this year. That's a tough thing to do in St. Louis, and, and yet he's there, and I, I think all those numbers have to turn around as this team needs to show that it's true colors. It's one of the better lineups, rosters, in the, in the, all of the NHL, and to me, they've just underperformed a little, little bit, maybe a lot, and uh, Letera's underperformance is right in line with the rest of the club. They are not that bad, folks. This is a team that, that will turn it around. I agree, Paul, and the, one of the guys I think that can help lead that turnaround is going to be David Perron. Uh, it seems like every year, the last couple of seasons at the trade deadline, he's finding a new home, uh, bouncing from place to place, but he's back in St. Louis where he uh, started his career. And I think that stability of being in the same place uh, can really help him. He's already ahead of his, you know, uh, 2015, 16 and 2014, 15 uh, pace with 11 goals. And I, I really think uh, securing a, a consistent home, assuming they don't trade him as well at the deadline, but I don't really foresee that happening. I think he can definitely get back to that 20 goal mark if not really push for 30 yeah one guy that's getting a good opportunity in tampa that i think should push for more than than he's done is andrich palat he's got a couple of russian line mates that are, that uh have a lot in common with him obviously and they're starting to find find their groove they got uh, he's got a total of four points in his last two games i think ju- that's just the tip of the iceberg for what this guy can do given the current situation and i like his chances to eclipse what he's done in the first half which is only 22 points in 40 games with a minus record here we're used to seeing a big plus for him so another guy who's underperformed large largely and uh, given his current scenario i think he puts that in all in the rear view and has a great second half here Speaking of underperforming, Anton Strawman has just one goal and five helpers in 21 games since returning from injury. Definitely is ice cold right now, um, but I th- think he can kind of turn it around. You know, he uh, is capable of reaching that 30-point threshold. He has in the past. I think he can do it again. You know, Tampa as a team have kind of struggled, so certainly he's not uh, getting the help and support that he's normally been used to there with the Lightning uh, but if they, the rest of his team can start turning it around, I, I think you'll see him be a major piece uh, of that puzzle. Yeah, and a guy who is a big piece of the puzzle in Toronto is being highly touted as their best defenseman. But boy, it's not translating into offense. Uh, and I'm speaking, of course, of Morgan Riley, who is playing on the second power play unit. And he is getting upwards of 20, 25 minutes a game, even 27 in the last few He's got one goal this season, AJ, and 16 assists. The assists are right where you might expect them to be, but this guy is a a capable scorer in terms of putting the puck in the net himself. I'm surprised that he hasn't done it more. He's getting the opportunities. He's getting the ice time. I got to think that he's going to explode in terms of bulging the twine himself over the second half. He's one of the young leaders on this team, and uh, he's giving so much more of himself on the defensive side of the game, too, that he sacrificed sacrificed the offensive side of the game, but there's too much talent there, and he's playing around too much talent right now to not get swept up into the more of the scoring totals yeah i think it's indicative of of what we think about this team that we both highlighted uh defenseman uh connor carrick is my guy here and since leaving uh the ahl when he was with the the capitals organization in hershey his offensive production has really plummeted you know he had eight goals 34 assists and then 10 goals and 16 assists in, in his last two years with, with uh, Hershey there. And he's definitely shown flashes periodically, but I think it's time for him to step up into a more offensive role from the blue line. 
and I think they're going to ask that of him. And, and hopefully for you, Paul, he can start delivering. Uh, I definitely think he can and expect to see it. Well, and, and uh, I do too. I think he's another fine selection on your part. Uh, a guy who has not been swept up in what's happened in Vancouver most recently. I mean, I'm stunned when I look at the standings and I see this team with a winning record because I thought they'd be competing for the worst uh, team in the league. They're one game over 500 right now, and they've done it without a lot of contribution from Alex Edler. But I see in his last six games, he's averaging what we're used to seeing in terms of ice time between 24, 22 and 29 minutes of ice time. That's what I'm used to seeing from him. He's a linchpin on their power plays. Got three points in that range, but he's really underperformed all season long in terms of the scoring. I think that's a guy who factors into what whatever run they might make the rest of the year. And uh, they may even go, turn turn south, but but he's got to do better than eight points in 31 games. He's much better, much, much better player than that. And uh, I expect to see it in the second half of the season. Well, if my next guy is not on your waiver wire, one of two things. Either uh, you have some Penguins homers uh, like myself in your league, uh, or somebody is well ahead of the curve. But Jason Magna, it, he's been a fantastic minor league player. He's got just 18 points in 82 career NHL games. Uh, but you look at some of his uh, point totals from when he was in the minors. He, you know, he hit 31, uh, 39, 44. So he's really shown uh, the talent in the in the minors. And it's just about transitioning his game into the NHL. He's 26, year old, 26 years old, so I think it's about time. Uh, maybe it should have happened a little bit sooner, uh, but I think if he can start uh, clicking, you're going to see Vancouver kind of slide up the rankings a little bit as they start to get some more uh, depth of scoring on their team. And a guy who should be more of a scorer based on what he did last year in Washington is Andre Burakovsky, AJ. I mean, last year he formed a really great partnership on a second scoring line there, but he's been demoted to a third line role much of this season. However, I see that changing based on what he's doing most recently. Uh, he's picked up points in his last three games, two in that wild game last night, but a total of four in the last three tilts, only getting 12 to 14 minutes a game right now. I think he's in line for much more, and they'll lean on him for a little bit more secondary scoring there the rest of the way. Based on the skill set that this guy brings to the table, I think he should be doing better than 19 points in 41 games, which is basically the same pace he had last year. But I like what I've seen most recently, and I think that might might be a portent of the future where he does score a little more regularly and makes it into the top six and maybe even a second power play unit in Washington. Well, here's where we have my my second goalie that I, I teased about a little bit. Uh, Philip Grubauer, I think, is going to show uh, or he's going to start getting a little bit more play time. He's 8-1-2 on the year with a 1.96 goals against average. Now, this isn't to say that I think he's going to replace Holtby by no means. Braden Holtby is the clear starter there. Um, but I expect to see a little bit more ice time. You know, I think Hopi looked tired and a little off his game uh, in the first half of that uh, that Penguin game last night before he got the hook. So I think you're going to start see Barry Trotz maybe give uh, a little bit more rest to Hopi in the second half to kind of get him ready for the postseason so that he goes into the playoffs well-rested. You know, the, the Capitals have yet to make uh, a true, really deep run at, at the Stanley Cup. And, and really contend for it. They're always in playoff contention. They've won the President's Trophy in past years, but they just don't seem to have it when the postseason comes. So I think you might see Holpe start to get a little more rest so he's ready to go. And that means Philip Grubauer, who's been fantastic when he has had his opportunities, will start to see a little bit more ice time. 
And I'm going to take us to the last team. That's the Winnipeg Jets, a team that is starting to struggle and slump a little bit after a pretty good start. And they're without their signature player, almost, you could say, with Patrick Laine out of the lineup with concussion issues. But it's afforded the opportunity to Drew Stafford, a veteran winger, to really find his game. He's, he's got points in uh, multiple games most recently and uh, showing that offensive pedigree that has gone missing through much of the first half. As I said, only 11 points in about 35 games played. I think he could be in line for a change of scenery in the second half if he continues his scoring. When, when Liney returns, they'll have an, every opportunity to shop Stafford around because I, don't, I think they'll be among the sellers this year. And so that might be something that makes Stafford more valuable to a contending team if he does get moved. But I like the fact he's getting playing time and showing that he's still a capable scorer. Uh, Paul, this is the one you really stole from me. Uh, Drew Stafford, the Milwaukee native. I, I was all keyed up you know, before I even opened up the the sheet for today i was set to have stafford be my winnipeg guy um but you know it is what it is i i found somebody else and and i really like joel armia here uh he's gonna get more play time with line a out which i think is the key uh he was an absolute stud coming out of the swedish league uh taking 16th overall in, in 2011 and he has not lived up to those expectations quite yet and i do think part of that has to do with you know ice time he only logged 43 games last season. Uh, he's got only 22 under his belt this year. So uh, a couple of injuries in there, as well as, you know, a few healthy scratches here and there. But with Line out of the lineup, this is a guy I look for uh, to definitely uh, compete with Drew Stafford. And, and if Stafford doesn't start to pick up, you could see Armia kind of replace him on, on that top, uh, you know, top six uh, role. He's certainly capable of it, has the pedigree for it. Uh, whether he can figure it all out and start putting together remains to be seen, but but I have confidence that he will. All right, and so that's a list of about 60 names that you could be shopping for. We'll be talking more and more about, about the names in the trade trade rumors, but next week we're going to take it on the downside for the first half of the season, so you, look, you can look forward to that. Have your pen and pad ready for, for the notes that we throw out because I think it's been pretty good information. And uh, now that takes us to... Uh, our usual function where we try to put together ba- uh, lineups for FanDuel play tonight. And AJ, I'd like you to begin with the two centers that you look for this evening. All right, so I kicked it off with Ryan O'Reilly here for Buffalo. Uh, they are on the road uh, going up against Toronto, who I do think is is a solid team. I, I won't bag on your <laughs> your uh, your Leafs there, but for 6,300 to get a top-line player like O'Reilly, it was a little too good to pass up. And as, as you've seen firsthand, Toronto's by no means a, a shutdown team they <laughs> certainly could win uh hopefully in a shootout with o'reilly getting some sort of hat trick but uh you know that's just for me there uh and then i did mention this earlier uh, mika zabinajad looks to be ready to go tonight against dallas uh he's 5700 so you're getting a huge discount based on the fact that he's been out for so long and he gets to go up against the you know kind of disaster that has been the dallas goaltending of late uh, it doesn't seem to matter who starts there in Dallas because the inevi- other guy inevitably comes into the game. Uh, so that could be the case again tonight. Uh, Paul, what did you do down the middle? Well, what I did was if I went with a guy that we've spoken about liberally over the last few weeks in this spot, and that's Eric Stahl. He's had an amazing season with Minnesota. Talk about a guy who's gotten caught up in what they've done over there to, to be one of the best teams in, in the NHL. Stahl's been uh, a really a, a great story, uh, maybe one of the comeback stories, I'll say, in the NHL. This guy's still got some life in his legs. He's got offensive skills out the wazoo, too, and, uh, and I think those will be on display against New Jersey. This is a good match 
matchup at home for Minnesota where they're awfully tough to beat. And I just don't think Jersey has the the uh, centers to kind of corral stall and he's been a real juggernaut on the power play as well so could be a big night for him at 6600 i'm going to go a little closer to home i'm attending the game tonight as a guest of my brother in some pretty neat seats looking forward to seeing tyler bozak light it up against buffalo he comes in at 5500 dollars, and he's been a part of a really dynamic power play which has been led by one of the other kids that we don't speak about enough but one of the guys that we both like and that's mitch marner so look for a big night for bozy against the sabers tonight you got four wingers for me. Yeah, so you just mentioned him, Mitch Marner. I'm going to start off. He's my highest priced guy at 6,500. So cheer loud for him tonight, uh, Paul. I've been high on Mitch all season long. Uh, and then two other guys that I highlighted earlier uh, just happen to be playing tonight and, and like their matchups as well. Victor Arvidsson, 5,300 for Nashville heading into Vancouver. Really want to capitalize on that matchup. Uh, Palmonville. 5,000. So real cheap, in my opinion, for, for the caliber player that he is. And they're facing New Jersey. So that should be a, a ripe, uh, you know, pairing or a matchup for him to kind of get some points. And then finally, a guy who just returned from injury and got a goal right away. Uh, Tyler Ennis is only 4,500. Uh, again, going up against uh, Toronto. Uh, but I think he's discounted solely from the fact that he too has been out. And so I like the matchup and the fact that I can get him at a relative discount for his uh, for his skill set. Uh, Paul, what did you do on the wings? Well, first of all, you gave me flashbacks when you picked Ennis because I, I whenever I see him, it's scoring against Toronto. So I like your chances for getting something out of him tonight. <laughs> I doubled down on the St. Louis Blues. I went... Uh, uh, for Jaden Schwartz and Alex Steen, they're 5,600 and 6,000 respectively against an Ottawa team that is not playing their best hockey right now. And they played, uh, I think I highlighted it last week, this is a team that I think can go south in the second half. They're going to start a series of road tilts, uh, which is a road-heavy schedule the rest of the way. St. Louis is a very tough barn to play, and I think it's a good matchup for the Blues tonight. I round out my wingers with Nick Foligno, who's the captain of that high-flying Columbus team. They get a matchup against Carolina, a team that just doesn't have the weapons and the arsenal to contend with a heavy-hitting and uh, hard-playing Columbus team, and Foligno's at the head of that pack. And then I'll round it out with J.T. Miller, who is just one of those guys that seems to find the summary sheet more often than not uh, for the Rangers, and he gets that rather tasty matchup against Dallas that you touched on earlier. Your defense pairing, A.J.? Yeah, my first one here was almost a no-brainer. Duncan Keith, uh, Chicago's going into Colorado, who are uh, bottom dwellers on the league. He's 6,600, so you do have to pay a little bit more for him, uh, but that matchup's just too good to pass up on. And then I continued to spend a little bit higher on defense. I went with Dougie Hamilton, 6,100. Calgary uh, is playing Florida. Again, another kind of down team. Calgary's at home, too, which I think bodes well for Hamilton. Uh, So definitely spending more uh, tonight on the blue line but I I feel good about both those picks and in those matchups Paul what did you do on your blue line well one of the guys that we really like and we've talked about him and that's Matt Dunba he he's a guy who I've been waiting for a couple of years uh, has a really high offensive upside we're starting to see it this year he's still priced only at five thousand dollars and a guy who is a part of a big part of the offensive side of the game with Minnesota even more of an impact player on the power play so that's an easy one for me and then I'm a bit surprised I'm I'm a bit surprised I'm mentioning Jake Gardner's name in this segment at all, but he's been the first-line power play quarterback all season long, and, and that power play is really humming right now. $4,800, that might be one of the bargains on the entire board, AJ. Yeah, it definitely is. It definitely seems like a, a solid you know, kind of discount power play uh, option there. 
Uh, over in goal for, for myself, I, I spent real big tonight, Paul, but I, I just couldn't pass on the matchup. Corey Crawford uh, heads into Colorado for 9,000. Uh, too good of a goalie against too bad of a team for me to go in any other direction. Uh, and uh, I think, Paul, you might uh, might be cheering against my Sabres picks tonight. Yeah, I will, because I got Freddie Anderson in goal. He has been understated in terms of maybe what uh, people see about him around the league, but he's been really, really solid since uh, 1st of December, I'll say, and and uh, full value for it, too. He's put a lot, of hard, a lot of hard work. He gets a good matchup tonight, I think, against the visiting Sabres, who played last night. That's another reason why I'm tripling down on the Leafs in this matchup, because I think you're going to see a Buffalo team that was was uh, in a game against Dallas last night that they won, and they might be going with a backup goalie too. So keep an eye on that circumstance. Sometimes when I look at the goalie matchups, it's seeing about, did they play last night? Are they feeding a, a backup goalie at the other end? So if they both those boxes are checked, I really like this pick. So keep an eye on your choices, and be sure you pick guys who actually wind up playing the games because the rosters do change, and the best place to do it is to check it out. Check out our rotor wire depth charts, which AJ and I update all day long as part of a great team that works on that for the home company. And uh, we'll wind up the show with our usual segments on the stud of the week and the rant of the week. AJ, I'm going to begin with a bit of a strategy issue. It's the coach in me coming out again. What can I say? Uh, I, I'm not enjoying the fact that teams are playing more of a defensive style in the overtime sessions even though they're three on three i'm seeing a lot of circling back into your own zone to allow line changes i'm going to suggest a rule change here and see that if it gets any traction we're starting to see less offense in ot because the coaches don't want tired players on the ice so there's a lot of circling back in the defensive zone i would advocate for an automatic face-off if a team circles back into its own end in overtime come on guys let's go for the goal well, Paul, in, in my coaching role, I'm going to completely disagree with you here. Uh, I think regrouping with your defenseman, in this case, in overtime, usually just one, uh, is an important part of the game. I think it makes it more exciting as players can enter the zone with more speed. Uh, you get fresh guys on the ice and creates, I think, more dynamic scoring opportunities. And I, I definitely like it. I think it's a key strategy. Uh, I would do the same thing if I were coaching uh, three on three. And you know what? I saved this for last because I, I wanted to change it up. I started off in a sour mood because of my Cowboys losing. I want to finish on a high note. That's why I switched up the rant and the stud this week. And, but I'm going to maybe tickle a nerve on your end when I say it's Nicholas Backstrom for me. He's been the highest scoring forward in the past week and a half. And, and he's playing where he needs to play with Ovechkin. This is a pairing that they've kind of separated from time to time in Washington. But Nicholas Backstrom recently also passed the 500-point plateau. He did it in almost his 500th game. That also speaks to a level of consistency that you wouldn't have associated with this guy because he's not one of the big-name players. When you think about the superstars in the league, you think, okay, uh, there's this guy, there's that guy. Certainly the Penguins uh, duo, the dynamic duo in Anaheim and so on. But you don't think that Nicholas Backstrom, and, and this is a guy who's been consistent for so long as a point-per-game guy, he didn't really see that drop-off when he was separated from Ovechkin. I tip my hat to him. He's a hot scorer now, but he's been a hot scorer for a long time, AJ. Yeah, that's a great... Uh, I'm not going to disagree with you on the on the stud this week, Paul. He's, he's got a, at least a point in his last seven games, uh, 13 points overall in that stretch, including a four-point night against uh, you know Pittsburgh, uh, in their previous game and then and then last night uh, did get a goal in the loss there so just as you mentioned uh, a fantastic player i like uh, to see the two of us proven right 
that they should have put him back uh, up with uh, Ovechkin. Right. As we saw them experiment with that early in the season, it clearly didn't work well for Ovi. So uh, a great stud this week. Uh, I, I definitely uh, you know, have to extend a tip of the cap to him as well, as much as it might pain me to do so. <laughs> well, you're going to be smiling on the weekend because you get to watch another football game that matters. For my part, I'm sticking to hockey. This is a hockey show, so uh, <laughs> you had your fun. It's over, my friend. I hope, I hope that the Packers get their, their doors blown off once again. I'm going to be an Atlanta fan just because of tuning in. Maybe I'll check my phone once in a while. But you can sink or swim with your club watching every single play, and I know you'll enjoy that too. Yeah, absolutely. I'm looking forward to it, uh, hoping for another, uh, another Super Bowl appearance, and, and I'll happily take one against either of the AFC teams considering in the history of our franchise we've already beaten both of those franchises in the super bowl so looking forward to another super bowl win boy that could turn into an unwatchable game for me as i said the other three teams are on the top of my enemy list so it could be (laughs) i might have to watch some reruns of walt disney programs or something like that to get me through it (laughs) well that wraps up this week's podcast with statsman and aj remember to send your comments or questions on twitter Follow me, Paul Bruno, at Satsman22, and you can follow AJ at AJ Scholes. That's A-J-S-C-H-O-L-Z-2-4. We ask you to look out for our podcast, Hockey Pod, every week. And don't forget to tune in on Thursday when we do the daily FanDuel pod uh, in the series of uh, daily pods that we do on the fantasy side of the game for FanDuel. So that you get all the latest news and tips to stay ahead of the competition in your fantasy contest. So long, everybody. This is the story of Harry's. For decades, one big razor company has relentlessly increased prices and reaped immense profits at the expense of its customers. Then one day, an ordinary guy got ripped off buying razors. He was so fed up that he and his best friend started a company to fix shaving. They called it Harry's. By taking less profit and selling online, Harry's can offer quality blades for less. You can even get Harry's 5-Blade Razor and Shave Gel for free when you sign up. Just cover shipping. Click or go to harrys.com and enter code RAZOR at checkout. That's RAZOR, R-A-Z-O-R.